Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Replenish Me radio show. Today, my guest is Michaela Leland of Wood for the Trees Coaching. Welcome, Michaela. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Cordelia. It's an absolute pleasure. I want to tell our, our audience a lot about you. So just um, try not to blush too hard as I go on and um, just rave and how, how wonderful you are and, and tell as much as I can, but I still want you to share your story. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Michaela Leland. She is one of my colleagues from the Perryton K um, community. And um, this is an online live streaming community that I'm part of. And I'm going to read you a little bit from her Facebook page. So, it says, I'm on a mission to support women to saw the shoulds. There are too many. It's what burns us out. Allow ourselves to say no without the guilt and to decide what we feel success is. I don't want you to experience burnout. I want you to feel how successful you are in in all that you do, my mission is to help you look after you more and to love yourself more in the process. It's not very British, but it's very necessary. This page is here to support you and offer tips, inspiration, and motivation daily. And then she invites you to work with her. Now, she, she on her website, which is woodforthetreescoaching.com, co.uk she does tell her story about how she started in her 20s um, going into the teaching career because she thought she should and then she goes on about through her life how she made all the right decisions because she should have done that and she finally came to a point in her life where she was like no more I'm just gonna do me and you know and then she goes into how coaching saved her life um, by tapping into her personal power. So I want you to uh, tell me, did I really reach all the, the high points of who you are or is there something I left out? No, Cordelia, that's, that's great. And, and yeah, you know, and I think, I think the one thing that I always say, which is at the moment of that burnout in my 20s in particular, and then later on um in my 40s when I'd sort of worked up the you know management leadership ladder the way that you should you know mm -hmm. when you're being successful um you know what what I realized as I was approaching another burnout was you know actually there's a different way and and what made me learn from that first burnout was actually to turn around and say no sod the shoulds enough's enough I'm going to do it my way I'm going to do it a different way and just allow myself to see that burnout as an opportunity to reassess 
Burnout is an opportunity. Overwhelm, even on a weekly basis, is an opportunity to reassess and to review what the heck's going on. <laughs> because, you know, there's so much goes on in, in our lives. Um, it's a fast-paced world we live in. It's an overwhelming world we live in. And so to just be able to do that and know that it's okay is just something that I'm really passionate about getting out there as a message. I love that. I really love that. And you're right. You know, so many of the moms I work with, they're trying to live that corporate dream and, you know, burning themselves out just to like oblivion, you know, yeah. and, um, I, I've been there and kind of did that, but you like really, really did it. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, like, what was really the one thing, what was that straw that broke the camel's back for you? Well, I think, I mean, again, it's this whole concept, isn't it, that society creates this dream and, you know, it's this dream, this is the dream, you know, getting to the top of the corporate ladder is the dream and having, you know, huge salaries and, you know, this massive success and status um, and that's the only way to have success. And it's actually a lie because the success comes in so many different forms. For me, the straw that broke the camel's back when I was... Um, working with an organization that had absolutely some of the great people a, a really good organization in terms of the things it was doing but actually my daughter who's quite introverted just wasn't faring well with the whole 7 30 drop off and 6 p.m pickup mm -hmm. and you know some of the things that were happening in terms of the values that they were you know they were bringing home in terms of the way they were behaving and things like that they weren't mine they weren't my husband's and she really wasn't faring well in that environment. So that was one of the first sort of alarm bells for me that, do you know what? This isn't working for us as a family. And then I was also tired of giving all my energy and patience to that role, you know, and then I wasn't meeting my own needs. I wasn't meeting my children's needs. I definitely wasn't meeting my husband's needs. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and as I say, you know, it was an organization filled with wonderful, wonderful people. But, you know, as you climb that management ladder, ladder, it can often just take away from the things that actually make you feel successful. So you end up doing a role that, you know, becomes much more about box ticking and audits <laughs> and, you know, is everybody doing the right things the right way? And right there's no flexibility and you're not able to give people a flexibility that you want to give them and to me that was draining it was absolutely draining me of who i was and what i wanted to get out of my own you know working life and with my daughter not thriving my family life brought and me you know feeling on a regular basis this overwhelmed that i wasn't doing anybody a good you know doing a good job for anybody which wasn't the truth but again when you get into that burnout cycle we, uh, you'll have heard me talk about the mean little cowboys. Yes. yes. <laughs> Excuse me. That inner critic that everybody's got, you know, it starts telling you you're not doing, you know, you're not being pet, doing a parenting well, you're not doing your job well. All of that wasn't true. And that was a signal that actually, you know, you are doing a great job. All of the people above you are telling you you're doing a great job you're not feeling it and therefore that means that something's not in alignment and it's one of the reasons why I love doing success definitions because they absolutely draw out of you what is important to you on a success level and it isn't just the money power status sort of model that 
you know, society and the American dream and the British dream, you know, that, that, that gives us, it's, that's not it. Um, and I love working with corporate people to actually get them to establish that. It's just such a fulfilling feeling because, you know, it helps them to understand what are you actually doing and why are you doing it? Which is the, the question I start with all my clients, you know, when I work with them. So basically you felt like you were not living and, no. and uh, you had to redefine what success meant to you. And that, that is really, um, I can easily see how that would help people um, clarify their vision with that. So that, so going through that process actually helped you to help all these other women, you know? Yeah, definitely. And again, and, and I worked with a coach and again, sort of, some of the values work that I did, it sort of triggered a light bulb in me that made me realize, you know, actually I wasn't working to my values and I wasn't working to my core values. And so therefore, um, you know, often you're working from a fear driven position then, which mm -hmm. isn't a good thing. So I think, you know, for me, it's, and, and for the women that I, I work with now, I, I love it. I mean, I did, I did a, a session last week with somebody from Perry 10K, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and she just said her mind was completely blown because she's had a million dollar company. And if she had known what her success definition was when she was starting that, she would have done business so differently. She's just starting out with a new, a brand new company. And she's so excited because now she truly understands what success means to her. Her whole business model can be created from that basis. So she will feel, feel successful all the time, even when, you know, things aren't going 100%. She will feel successful if she knows. And if she doesn't feel successful, she knows that she's not being true to herself, which is just the most important thing. It is. It really is the most important thing. So you've been talking about definitions a little bit, and I want you to define some of the words that you're using. So like I, the one thing I love in your message is in your tagline, saw the should. So, you know, for our American audience, that's one thing that I would like you to define linguistically and theoretically. But the other one is uh, the little... Uh, Mean little cow. Yes, the <laughs> mean little cow. So those two. Okay. Well, soft assurance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very polite. Well, it's actually not that polite, but my more polite British way of saying the F word. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't realize that in America, well, it does mean the same thing in England, but it's a colloquialism that we use to say instead of saying the F word. Um, is sod but it's also just a lump of grass isn't it a lump of soil right. it is. <laughs> I, I never thought of that when I started my hashtag <laughs> but people are thinking what <laughs> so yes sod in Britain does mean the f word but I'm too polite to say that in that way <laughs> um, and you know again it's this whole concept that so many roles as women and again don't get me wrong I know men have this too so I'm not berating men I'm not you know I'm a massive I'm a, I'm a big man lover <laughs> I love men I love the men in my life my husband's amazing but as women we have roles and hats and again it's just because we've been conditioned by history to feel that it's our job to run the home to raise the kids mm -hmm. but then as times evolved 
we've now got this message that we want it all and we can have it all. And actually what that does is just puts massive pressure on us to be this superhuman thing. You know, my husband's the, the head of a CEO of a big company mm-hmm. and, you know, we work together as a team and, you know, we work together to make sure we always have, we have a management team meetings on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love because that. There's got to be a division of labor and an understanding from both of us of what the pressures are on us in that week so that we can actually, you know, move and flex for each other. So if he's having a really heavy week, then I'm happy as his wife to take some of that load. But equally, if I'm having a really heavy week, then it's not for him to come in, switch off and shut down at eight o'clock while the kids are running right, you know, right around the house. He picks up some of that slack too. And I think well, there's still a lot of this goes on, you know, that um, in a lot of families where those traditional roles haven't shifted for the way the working world shifted. And consequently, women just feel all this pressure, the pressure to be carer for elderly parents, the pressure to be, um, you know, there for all the friends, the pressure to be the, the best mum in the world. All of these things become this massive pressure, which just basically tips us into this overwhelm and burnout situation. So for me, it's working out what shoulds are important to you. Because for me, clarity is happiness. The clearer you are on everything, the happier you will be. And so for me, it's finding out what you want and why you want it, which is why, again, I love, you know, helping people to create a vision for the life and then plan to make it happen. Because as you're working towards what's important to you, you can get rid of all the sods and sod all those shoulds that you don't you know, that aren't important to you. And again, I'm very much about doing that in a loving way. It's like, you know, say, for example, somebody asked me recently to um, do something for a volunteering situation. And so I, instead of saying no, you know, end of, not interested, I said, thank you very much for thinking of me. At this time, I'm already doing this, this and this, so I won't be available to do it. Very I'm not saying no, I'm not. And I, and I said, you know, please ask me again in the future. I may have, you know, I may be available at that time because I do love giving. I love being part of things and being part of the wider community, etc. But I have to do it on my terms so I don't end up frying myself. And again, this is work that I do with all my clients is creating those boundaries that allow you to do that. Because what happens if you don't is actually you start giving not from a place of love, but from a place of resentment and duty. Absolutely. That's a really good point. And that's, yeah, that's a matter of uh, also reframing. Like I I like the way you chose your words in response to that. You know, the request for you to do volunteer work. Right. Because again, I'm already doing volunteer work. So in the old days, you see what would have happened, Cordelia, is I'd have just said yes. And then all of my stuff that is actually important to me would have been on the back burner and I would end up doing it in the middle of the night and at crazy times, you know, or just in a really rushed way and feel like I'm not doing a good enough job. So now I'm selective, more selective about what I choose to do, what I choose to spend my time on. And I'm still a very giving person and still very, you know, I believe in giving, I believe in being a part of the community, but I do it on the terms that are going to make me thrive, not 
fall over. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Perfect. I had a lady in a couple of weeks ago, again, you know, that um, she had a lot of family members who were basically constantly calling on her to solve all the problems. And so we worked through the stuff that she had going on. And it was really, really important for her to then look at, you know, which parts of this did she want to support on and which parts did she want to say actually this isn't my responsibility i'm not happy to do this and um, i'm not happy to do this under these circumstances or i'm happy to do this but i will do it at this time because again some of those re those requests were coming it was as if she had to respond immediately and you know drop everything she had going on for her hmm. and if people truly love you i mean nobody would want to know that you would do it you were helping them at the expense of you nearly keeling over, would they, if they were true friends or true loving family? Absolutely, you're right. And, and in the end, you make a really good point. You will be resentful because you're putting off what's truly important, right? Yeah, Doing and that's not, that's not loving, is it, Cordelia? It's not exactly. coming from a place of love. No, not at all. <laughs> it, it's, it's not really coming from any place, it's just, um, no, it's reactive, isn't it? Absolutely. It's reactive. Yeah. So, I, th I think for me, again, I think that's, that's one thing as well that, you know, I think over the years and part of the coaching process, language is very important. And as, as you, you know, pointed out there, it's about coming back with compassion, with love, with empathy, and knowing that actually I'm coming from a good place saying no. I'm not doing it just to be nasty or not to not caring. I do care but it's not going to work for me with this, you know, with these parameters that you've set. <laughs> right. Right. It's about honoring your boundaries and making yeah. sure people are clear on those. Very good. And then the mean little cowboys. <laughs> well, I call it the mean little cowboys because when I was in my twenties and I was teaching, she was really mean. You know, I literally could hardly do anything without her criticizing it and judging, judging me. And, you know, she had a really big people pleaser voice that was just, you know, if you don't do that for them, then they're not going to like you. So do it, do it, do it, do it. You know, it was all of that sort of thing. Um, and I would work so, so hard. And actually, the results would have been the same if I'd have actually given myself a bit of relaxation time. I realize that now. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't have those boundaries. I didn't have that understanding of myself and I didn't have that knowledge. So that mean little cowboys for me really ruled the roost because because she was so critical, it meant I had to constantly compensate for her negativity towards me. And again, one, with a lot of my clients, when we first start working together, that voice is quite vocal. You know, people have sat with me and told me all sorts of things. And then three or four sessions down the line, I'll ask a question which opens up this whole catalogue of amazing things that they've done in their life. And I'm sitting there thinking, I cannot even believe I'm sat in front of you. It's like, you are amazing. You're just such an amazing person. All this stuff that you've got going on and you're actually even stood here standing. Right. <laughs> it's incredible. That mean little cowboys, you know, it really does have a massive impact on us. And I say either there's one or two things. You train it so that you listen and, re and you take the action signal from it. Because sometimes there's an action signal. Or you make friends with it. And you explain to it that you are absolutely okay because it is there. It's part of that subconscious that, you know, is trying to protect us. But we don't need protecting from saber-toothed tigers anymore. 
<laughs> but the protection, you know, that you're going to, if you're going to stand on a stage and speak, you know, when it's telling you, oh, you know, you're going to be as good as the person who was on before you and how rubbish are you? And oh, you, what are you doing there? They've had so many more years experience than you have all that sort of chatter that goes on. <laughs> it's trying to protect you from making a fool of yourself. That's not the same as being killed by a saber toothed tiger. So really, let's not give it the same energy. <laughs> right. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's, I, I, you know, I talk about the mean little cowboys because I think for me it's, a, it's about training it to either go back to its lovely little pasture or just quieten the mooing down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. And, and that's so true. We, I think um, we use that as our safety net as women, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, as opposed to before, you're right, like centuries and centuries ago, it probably truly helped us to keep ourselves and our children safe. But there's no real danger anymore. No, <laughs> so. not in that way. Someone told me actually there are only two fears that you're born with, which I just love this. And it's the fear of falling and loud noises. Hmm. And if you think of a baby, you know, if you think about the only times when they genuinely would have had fear, it's, you know, if like the head falls and that would be the fear of falling and a loud noise in the room, everything else is conditioning. You're right. This yeah. is very true. That's a great point too. Mm. So you, you've told us a little bit about um, some of the sessions you've had, but what is, so, so in the sessions I'm imagining you would give them, um, ideas for a, a proper routine to stay clear but what is the biggest downfall that you find like once you go through the process with someone how do they um what 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 do they usually do like if they fall off that routine yeah consistency with any routine is the biggest downfall isn't it you know just maintaining that and i think one of the biggest barriers for women is this perpetual juggling of all the different roles that we have again can really sometimes sabotage you know that which is why it is so important to get clear on what's important to you because if you can get clear on what's important to you when these other priorities appear so again say somebody asks you to do something or you know even with clients you know there'll be times when you'll think, oh, I've got to respond immediately to that email. Again, we live in a world where everything's sort of like immediate, isn't it? It's just mm -hmm. this instant gratification that we all need. Um, and so understanding, actually, you don't have to be reactive all the time. You don't have to be on this red alert all the time. And if you understand what your priorities are and if you understand what's important to you, that allows you then to make sure that those things that are important to you, such as good routines, whether it be in terms of self-care, whether it be in terms of um, the habits that you adopt, um, the, the work that you're actually doing on a daily basis, the, the time that you spend, the quality time that you spend with your family, your children, your friends, then it allows you then to actually consciously take action on a consistent basis. Um, and again, I, I, I just think sometimes we make it so complicated. And for me, it's just this simple question all the time of what am I doing and why? So if you do fall off the wagon, it's like, just ask yourself that, you know, what am I doing? If I said, if I know that getting up early and going to bed early is really, really good for me, what is making me not do it? 
what is it that is not making me value that part aspect of my life enough to, to look after me and just, you know, constantly questioning that. Right. So being like self-aware. Yeah. Again, I mean, I won't go into it fully here, but I have a concept around the three pillars of success. The first one is self-love. And within that is self-awareness. And I think, again, it's having a self-awareness, not an overindulgence of thinking about yourself, <laughs> but a self-awareness of, you know, and an honesty. And again, this is where the mean little cowboys can be tricky because it can, the mean little cowboys will be vocal. And it's finding out what's the truth in it. So say, for example, you know, if I don't go to the gym when I say I'm going to go to the gym and the mean little cowboy starts saying, oh, you're a lazy cow. Why didn't you go? You're just so lazy. Then... Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. So, yeah, so if the, if, if the mean little cowboy is saying to you, you know, you didn't go to the gym, why are you being so lazy? And you know, you then say to yourself, okay, well, the truth is, actually, in that moment, I was a bit lazy. But it's not true that I am lazy, fundamentally. And consequently, the action signal to me is that I'm now going to go and make time for this exercise today, or tomorrow, or whatever it might be, you know, when the next convenient moment to do it. And otherwise, you're just beating yourself up with the I am lazy stick and keeping yourself stuck. Right, absolutely. So it's self-awareness, being honest with yourself, but then using that understanding and that knowledge to just make progress and to move forward. So then I'm, I'm listening to you. Do you make specific um, recommendations for workouts and foods or is it all focusing on mindset? No, again, I'm no, in, I'm no expert on food and um, on, on food and, and workouts specifically. I would signpost them to you. <laughs> if I'm honest and have done <laughs> um, but as a coach again because I look quite holistically especially if they do the clearing with me which is my signature program where by people can come and get clarity around their life in general um, and what we do within that I would get them to focus on what routines and nourishment actually support their emotional resilience for them Again, I think there's too much telling in the, co in the coaching world. Now, again, there's, there's a difference between coaching and mentoring. You know, there's, there's information that you've learned and you, you've um, had around, you know, nutrition and, you know, routines, etc. You would use that in a mentoring capacity to help support people in terms of saying, well, this has worked for this client, this has worked for me. That's different. But when I'm coaching people, I very much ask them to look, you know, to look at themselves and say, you know, what works for me in terms of routines to get me to be the best that I can be. So if early to bed, early to rise is what works for you, then that's what, you know, they would put down as an action. But if it was actually something different, that's okay too. Again, it's sub the shoulds. You know, if you just get into the, I've got to be. Uh, up at 5am every day to make this work because somebody said that's what that expert you know that works for that person who's got monetary success it may not work for you right. so it's about finding out what works for you but being honest because again if you say oh well actually eating nutritious food doesn't work for me i like x y and z but then actually it's keeping you stuck you're not losing weight then again there has to be an honesty around that 
Mm. You know, it can't be that you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and not getting different results and saying it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a difference between honoring yourself, like yeah. recognizing that you're not a morning person, that's fine, but recognizing also that waking up at noon, starting your day with donuts is you yeah. know, not healthy. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and again, it'll depend on your definition of success because there may be somebody out there who thinks that is my definition of success. That's great for me. I love doing that. Fine. But again, you know, they probably won't be coaching with me because that's not necessarily what I'm supporting people towards. Um, I don't think I necessarily attract that person. But again, you know, if there was a woman comes, uh, you know, so many clients have come to me with an overwhelmed situation. And what we found is that, you know, when they've been looking at their routines, their routines haven't been working for them. And they have, when they're honest with themselves, going to bed earlier. You know, one of the biggest things I think with women, what they do, and I've been guilty of this and can on occasion still be guilty of this, is especially when your children are going to bed later, you end up wanting an hour to yourself with nobody else there. Right. I don't know if you can empathize with this, Cordelia. Oh, especially I have, having, yeah. having six children. <laughs> I, and consequently, you end up with that hour, extra hour to have time for yourself. But what happens then is you are exhausted when you're getting up early in the morning. Yeah. And so it's about amending that. And I think, again, it's about being honest with yourself, having that self-awareness and having enough self-love to say, right, okay, I am going to commit to the changes that I need to make. So for me, for example, a few years back, I started a yoga practice early in the morning. And it's just having half an hour to myself before the kids get up absolutely works for me in terms of my mindset for the day. And again, it all, you know, and you asked, is it, you know, does it, is it just focusing on mindset? It is mindset, but it's mindset with, you know, physical aspects to it. Because I think those, the physical actually impacts massively on, you know, the um, mental absolutely you know for me i know it does so that's why i do run regularly i you know but again it's whatever whatever movement and exercise is going to work for you but i would always you know ask people to consider that when they're looking at things like if they've got you know if one of their goals is to be um have more self-esteem etc i would ask them to look at how you know how is their day set up so that they have time for themselves Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And, um, you, you know, a little bit of my journey was with postpartum depression. Yeah. And as much as I tried to focus on just reframing things, things didn't really change that much until I moved my body more. You yeah. know, there is no way to separate the two. And, and even with learning, you were a teacher, you know, and I homeschool my kids. I've noticed for some of my kids, the more physical activity I have them doing in their lessons, the, the faster they learn. So I think that's just a human, a very human condition. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, one of my daughter's teachers at the moment at school, I mean, he's so fantastic. In the morning, he makes them do, um, you know, just jumping jacks and things like that in the classroom before they start the day. <laughs> You know, and they, one, they just think it's hilarious because nobody else does this, so it's a bit of novelty. But actually, it's just, it's that simple thing of actually, you know, you're making the blood flow around your body, 
you get an energy into your body and then let's sit down and get productive and I know again the mornings when I take myself I mean I'm very lucky I live on the northwest of England coast and I've got a beach right next to me beautiful woods and if I get out and go to there first thing I can guarantee I will do you know four or five hours of really focused work because I've been out in the fresh air blown the cobwebs away and then got my head down yes and you're spoiled because you have green to look at. And people, let's I see that another <laughs> interview entirely. But we should talk about that sometime, right? Just, you know, the yeah. seeing actual green in nature. Yeah. And that's the reason why I call myself Wood for the Trees. Because <laughs> after ages, I was sort of like, what can I point? And then I thought, do you know what? One of the things that gives me the biggest clarity is going sitting in the woods and just breathing and letting the thoughts come in and out until something comes or running through the woods and the amount of business ideas I've had on those runs, you know, being my best business ideas have come from just running through that woods and feeling completely free in the middle of nature. So, uh, you know, again, they're very natural um, antidepressants. Again, I'm not suggesting if you've got, you know, a, a truly depressive situation, you shouldn't need medical advice, etc. But you know what? That can't harm as an additional, you know, um, additional to add to your toolkit to beat depression. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So I was I was just wondering. So what common challenges do most women face? You know, when they want to implement this lifestyle change, like when they're in their forties. What what um, is the main source of resistance? Um, I think the first thing to think with that is, you know, um, this we get high up the corporate ladder, we don't like the view, um, and then it's like, oh my gosh, and it feels very dramatic. It's like I've got this huge thing to change my life. And actually, and this is what I've loved working with women in the corporate sector, to actually get them to shift the perspective of, around what they're actually doing in there rather than just leaving which is what i did <laughs> you know that was quite a dramatic i'm leaving actually you don't have to leave necessarily it's about changing perspective and i think you know again the small small changes in your life can bring the biggest results and so working with a coach quite often just get you to focus on what those small shifts are it doesn't have to be huge it doesn't have to be dramatic I had a, a lovely lady who came to me because she actually ran her own um, very big financial services business and she'd really fallen out of love with a job she was it was impacting on a relationship with her husband and her children um, she was working every hour God sends and literally within about the space of five sessions she completely fell back in love with her with her with her, what her business and with what she was doing and she'd absolutely come to me thinking she was just gonna you know close this business down go and find something else to do and at, we literally just worked for five sessions and she said i love this i love this business i absolutely love it but what she'd done was she'd let the business run her and she mm. wasn't running the business so as soon as she started to make some very small adjustments, she ended up, she hadn't been on a holiday for about three years. Mm -hmm. So the first thing she did, she went away on a mini break with her husband. And I think she booked in, she booked in a holiday, like literally that, that month. Um, she started to improve her relationship with her daughter. 
everything shifted because she just made some very small changes which had huge results on her life. So I think, you know, sometimes it can feel quite dramatic, this sort of moving, you know, this moving into our 40s. And again, I think, you know, resistance that a lot of people find that if you've been working with people pleaser saboteur or a hyperachiever saboteur or an avoider saboteur or a stickler saboteur, which are the ones that commonly present it, you know, when I'm doing sessions, these sabotaging behaviors, which have been, again, you know, something that have probably helped us when we were younger at some point again I don't go back down dig and find out why or where or what but actually we know that they're working you know the people please the saboteur again I had it's that feeling that if you don't say yes to everybody you don't do things for other people that you're selfish that hyperachiever you know the fact that you're you're not good enough and nothing's ever going to be good enough whatever you do the stickler again just keeps that perfection you know that perfectionist tendency going which keeps people stuck so this is the resistance we have to making these changes those saboteurs will keep you it will stop you because they make it they make you feel like you need to keep them to be successful or to be loved or whatever it might be and it's a load of rubbish <laughs> you know it's again it's back to the mean little cow voice comes in you know these different voices and these different sabotaging patterns and it's about working out okay what is it how do we stop it what's the truth and how am i going to move forward Dip, slight different action each time and again always from this compassionate loving place whether it be compassion for yourself or compassion for the person you know another person and i think the catalyst um for me again often will come to me when they're at the point of overwhelm if they're at the point of burnout when it's all got too much when either their health their physical health or their mental health is at risk and you know they've got to the point where they just think I just need to get that support, that help in hand to get myself back on track. And it, it really doesn't take very much because these women are flipping amazing. They're <laughs> <laughs> just incredible when I hear the stuff they're managing, you know, on a regular basis. They're just incredible. But they've just lost sight of it because of those sabotaging behaviours. And it's just about amending that and, and working with it and looking after themselves and as much as they look after everybody else as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. So, but like, let's say you get them to a point and everything is good. And then let's say there's a disruption, like, you know, their marriage starts to go sour or, you know, one of their parents passes away or you know their child does something you know their teenager starts being just like the opposite of the way they were raised like what what, how do you help them to stay encouraged okay so again i mean that's one of the reasons why i wrote bounce back from burnout Mm -hmm. um which is the book i wrote um last year and it's because what if life throws at us it's an opportunity, you know, it's an opportunity for us to review where we're at, where we are and what we need to do to move forward. And I'll give you a really good example. I was working with a lady who's on my Be Clear For You package at the moment. So she has 10 sessions with me. The first two are the clearing and then the accountability comes in the next eight sessions. And so we were in the middle of this and I suddenly get this text and she's obviously panic stricken. She's terrified. 
because she's just been made redundant. So all this work that we've been doing for the past however many weeks was just thrown to one side. This panic just literally just leapt back in. Oh, wow. So the next session, we literally sat down and we worked through and we reframed where she was at. And she actually wanted a double session because we reframed it. And then she did, she hadn't done a success definition at that point. So we, read, we did the success definition after it. By the end of that session, she had a complete shift in perspective. This was the greatest thing that had ever happened to her. <laughs> it had limitless opportunities for her moving forward. It had a chance to redesign her working life because the working life hadn't been working for her the way that she actually wanted to. to. And she wasn't feeling successful the way that that particular um, working life had been working for her. And so she was actually looking forward to, sit, you know, going off, starting to look at the other opportunities that she had and couldn't wait to get started. And again, it's using that solution focused approach, which you'll hear me talk about. She just started to look at it in a different way and say, OK, this has happened. I can't stop it from happening. It's done. So what now presently can I do to make the best of what is happening right this minute? And you can do that with anything that happens. You know, I've got things happening in my life now on a family level that, you know, I wouldn't wish on anybody with one of, the, one of my family members is very ill. And I just have to look at, you know, well, how can I make the best of this? You know, whether it be now or in the future, because there's nothing I can do about the situation. I'm powerless to, to change it. But how can I, you know, so my husband, for example, recently did, you know, he ran um, for three days, 86 miles across Hadrian's Wall between Scotland and England. Oh, wow. And we raised funding for the charity that, you know, would support the, the, um, my family member's illness. And so you've got to try and always, for me, use that solution-focused approach to bounce back. Because life is going to throw stuff at you, you know, it's just that's what it does. Yes, that's, and you know, you're right. These things that appear to be hardships, I've also found that they're really opportunities. And, um, and it's almost, it's kind of strange when you think about it, the worse the hardship is, <laughs> the bigger yeah. the opportunity it presents, right? So. It is, and it feels, and the thing is, it's so hard in the moment, but that's why you just have to try and deal with it, you know, in the best way that you can. And you know, again, I always say emotion's important, don't don't if you're sad cry if you're angry shout if you're frustrated you know vent it but then look at what's the action signal what do i need to do now you know what could, i've got rid of the emotion of it the energy of it what do i need to do now so it was understandable that she was panic stricken and was terrified of what the heck was going to happen you know she's just been made redundant so of course she's going to be you know i didn't push that back but it's like okay we are where we are, how are we going to move forward? And that's all you can do. Right. And for those of you who don't know, redundant means laid off. So. Sorry, yes, laid off. Yes, thank you. I do need to translate this off. That's okay. I, you know, that's the good thing about me being in Perryton K. I've picked up on a lot of uh, language. I mean, even Australians, they, I didn't realize how different that language was, you know. Yes. You know, but... <laughs> we all need interpreters. <laughs> and we're speaking the same language funny so, um, that's really awesome so yes she um, please go to Amazon and get actually you have some bit.ly links don't you for yeah, your it's, um, bit.ly slash bounce back 
from burnout us okay yeah and then you'll go to amazon but if you go to amazon and just put bounce back from burnout in it should come up okay right and um there there's no caps or anything in that it's just bounce back from burnout right i think it might have a capital on the burnout actually okay all right but yes you can go and and grab the book on Amazon, Bounce Back from Burnout. And as you can hear, Michaela Leland is amazing at what she does. She has, you know, shared with us a lot of her case studies and, um, and how, you know, you can work with her for 10 sessions or for shorter sessions, or you have a group teaching also, right? Yeah, we do the Solution Focused Sisterhood, which is just an amazing community of ladies from all over the world. I've got Americans, um, somebody from Holland, got somebody from Spain, English people. Um, so yeah, so that's our Solution Focused Sisterhood. And that's a daily mindset um, support group, really. So you come in if you've got any default thinking, you know, you that conditioned thinking that makes you go straight into panic or straight into, you know, um, negative thinking you put it in the group, it's a safe space, and we help you to spin it and become solution focused. And um, we have a theme every month that we work through, which is great fun as well. And if you go to my woodforthetreescoaching.co.uk website, or the links are on there for, um, you know, for joining that. Okay, so that's the best way for people to find you is to yeah. get your website and they can link with you everywhere on social media. So Absolutely. Um, yes, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time um, and um, I, I do want to have you back some other time because I, I want to talk more about the benefits of clarity and being in nature, you know, um, since you're yeah. in a beautiful place. So if you, if you have some time, you know, just we'll, we'll coordinate that. Oh, that'd be wonderful. And I just want to end with this for you, Cordelia. This is something that I say regularly, and I think it's one of the things that helps to avoid overwhelm the most. Planning is king, and flexibility is queen in life and business. Planning is king, and flexibility is queen. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to use that, actually. And only in business or just in life? No, no, in life and business, because again, it's this whole concept of balance, you know, I think, <clears throat> you know, there's no right or wrong and all this, you know, there's judgment around people who stay at home full time, people who are part time, people who are full time at work. So, you know, we all end up with costs and sacrifices we have to make dependent on the choices that we make. But that's why understanding what success is important to you is that's why it's so important because then you're confident and you, you don't need anybody else's validation around it. It's what's right for you. Absolutely. I think when I, when I post this, um, this interview, I'm going to use your quote. That is your own quote, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have um, an original quote from the amazing Michaela Leland. Thank you so much for your time. And, um, Please, everyone, go and connect with her at woodforthetreescoaching.co.uk. And um, that's it for this session of Replenish Me Radio.